The Falcons need to find out if Desmond Ritter is their guy or else they may be making a big splash at quarterback this offseason. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And guys, if you don't know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, your very humble host. Been covering the Falcons formerly at FalcFans.com. R.I.B formerly on Twitter at Falcons RIP still going strong on this illustrious podcast and appreciate all the everydayers that make this podcast their very first listen or first watch each and every day following their footsteps by subscribing following for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so today's episode I will be joined by Charles McDonald of Yahoo Sports we're going to be talking about the team's decision to ride it out with Desmond Ritter if play making a push for the playoffs is worthwhile and we'll look a little bit ahead to the 2024 NFL draft to see maybe who Charles has his eye on as future Falcons and if they should make a big trade up for one of the top two quarterbacks so let's get into that conversation with Charles McDonald right now welcome back everyone to another illustrious episode of Lockdown Falcons podcast with of course another illustrious guest we have none other than Charles McDonald of Yahoo Sports the exempt list pod and so many other things, you know, I'm, I'm still holding out hope for setting edge to come back, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. But Charles of course is uh, America's favorite Falcon fan because he is, uh, he never minces words about his, I won't say beloved Falcons because he does not love this football team, but I'm still here though. Yeah. You're here. I mean, <laughs> I, I tell everyone, you know, you survived 28 to three, you, you know, everything, is gravy from that point on, you know? Yeah, if you watch one game past 28 to 3 years, I feel like you're just locked in for life. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. When, when people complain, like, oh, if the Falcons draft this player, I'm out. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, you're, you're, you're coming not. back. You can take <laughs> you a break. something way worse. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to take a break, take a break. You know, by all means, everybody needs a break from the Falcons. I enjoyed my bye week break from the Atlanta Falcons, but, you know, you're coming back, you know. So, yeah. so Charles, before we touch on uh, our favorite football team, the Atlanta Falcons, and their season so far, uh, we're, we're talking on Monday, and the Falcons officially announced that they're getting right back on that roller coaster that has been the Desmond Ritter experience this year as he is being re-promoted, I guess, to the starting lineup. What are your thoughts on that decision? Uh, it's, like, obviously the right move. Uh, it, whether... Whether Heineke was healthy or not, I saw he's not going to practice today, still dealing with the hamstring injury from uh, the Cardinals game. But it, even if he was healthy, it, it was time to go back. I I'm, I don't want to be mean, but it's just like I don't I, I don't really get why why they went to him. I I, I kind of understand like why they went to him in that in the Titans game. Because you just can't, like, you can't keep fumbling the ball at the rate that Desmond Ritter was. Uh, but at the same time, like, I I feel so comfortable in saying that Ritter is a better quarterback than Heineke after watching these past two weeks. It's just like frustrating that we kind of jumped off the train, and 
you know, now we're just going to go right back on it. And I, I guess they're just looking at it as a reset. But um, my thing is, you you just need to get as many Ritter snaps as you possibly can before the season's over. And I guess, you know, and even thinking about it, this is probably a process that should have started like last year. Um, you know, once he started to realize Mariota wasn't going to be the guy and, you know, it, you realize you're not like a real playoff team, you might as well just start pulling pulling the pulling the plug on that and getting rid of some snaps. But you like you 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 ended up turning the keys to a quarterback that played worse than Marcus Mariota. Uh, you you go to the game against uh, the Cardinals and they finished the game with like seventy net passing yards. I, I just don't know really who this is helping. I, I I think I will say I think Taylor Heineke probably played worse than they were expecting too. Um, but at the same time. It, it it really doesn't help anything for the current or the future because we know that Taylor Heineke is not the quarterback of the future for the Falcons. Uh, and honestly, you know, with the way Ritter had played, I know it hasn't been clean all the way, but I think there's been like some real improvements from him as a passer from week one through now. It's just like, dude, you stopped, you kind of stopped spamming interceptable passes as much as you were. And you started fumbling the ball all the time. It's like, like, come on, just, just hold on to the ball. Like, you know, the, the way that I, I, you know, Stephen Ruiz, the Ringer quarterback rankings, I think he has the best description of Desmond Ritter on his quarterback ranking sheet. And it says there's a quality starting quarterback somewhere in there. And that's what you need to find. So I, I think it's the right move to go back to Ritter. Uh, I don't think there's, there's no reason to go back to Hen- Heineke at all. Um, I almost called him Hennessy. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> no reason to go back to Heineke at all uh, unless Ritter gets hurt. I don't care if Ritter comes out and throws five picks against the Saints. You just got to ride this out until the end of the season because that, that's what this is. Um, I, I, I understand it's, it's frustrating to, to be here in year three um, of this regime and to potentially, you know, be looking at like another seven and ten, eight and nine season. Uh, but at the same time, like you got to use some context. This is the first season that they had uh, access to cap space. I think we've seen a much improved defense based on the allocation of resources. There's still room to improve there, but you know it's not automatic Swiss cheese like the the Falcons' defenses of the past. So you know this is all all, all also a growing process, and this one is important. You know, find out if Ritter can be the guy, and and if he's not. Luckily, you only spent a third-round pick on him. It's not like you're the Steelers with Kenny Pickett where you got to worry about, you know, millions and millions of dollars. You know, you can just slot Ritter into the QB2 spot and go get someone else next year. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's all fair. Um, I'm good on Heineke for the rest of the year. I, we've seen it. Uh, we, we'll always have the two quarters against the Titans for him. I, I'm, you know, Logan Woodside should be the number two at this point, though, because I'm, I'm much more interested to see, hey, is Logan Woodside worth keeping around as the QB3 uh, then, you know, finding out anything I need to learn about Taylor Heineke from this point on. But uh, yeah, I'm assuming Taylor's, Taylor's gone after this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they basically gave him the Mariota contract. And as you said, he was worse than Mariota. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you didn't bring that Mariota for, you know, no, Heineke's not going to quit on the team and none of that. Uh, you know, he doesn't have any yeah. kids as, as far as I'm aware. He's not going to go out there and be a good father. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, Let's let's talk about the Falcon season so far. Um, you know, you you kind of touched a little bit on it. What are your thoughts on you know the first ten games? How how we're here? You know, you talked about the defense a little bit. You know, the offense is seems to not be able to get out of their own way. But is there has there been anything redeeming from from the first ten games? 
you have I think one of the one of the most positive things is you have the framework for a good defense moving forward. Now the Grady Jarrett ACL injury is a wild card in that because you know you kind of blink and all of a sudden you know he's coming up on ten years in the league, right? So you don't know how how he's gonna come back from that. But if he can come back and get to uh you know where where he's playing pretty good football and we've been saying this since like Abraham left. If you can just find like one pass rusher, <laughs> just one. I mean, it's been like, it's crazy. I was in high school when Abraham was playing, I turned 30 next year and we still haven't found anyone to consistently, you know, get, get, you know, get, get, uh, get quarterbacks down from the defensive end spot. So I, I, I like that there's a framework for a good defense. I think there's a clear vision there. Um, I would say that, some of the the slips that they've had over the past few weeks probably make it more likely that Ryan Nielsen is back next year instead of you know interviewing for head coaching jobs, which I think is a good thing for the continuity. Um, beyond that, there's there's not a whole lot. I mean, I did say Ritter's Ritter's improved as a passer. Um, I think that that's real and tangible, and I'm hoping to see you know that continued when he comes back from uh, just you know from the benching. But it just feels like this year has been so frustrating, uh, especially when you had you had you had the chance to have a pretty, a, you know, maybe not a great team, but a pretty special season. And over the past few weeks, you know, you get lit up by the Will Levis deep bombs, which looks worse and worse with every game that Will Levis plays. Uh, then you had the Josh Dobbs experience, and then uh, Kyler comes back and you know makes up the the back breaking plays. Uh, I just, I, I just, I, like, I was like, as I keep thinking about like past three games, it's just like, man, what would this look like if they could just finish a sack in the backfield? Like, could you win the Vikings game if you can just sack Josh Dobbs on fourth down? And you had multiple chances to do that. Uh, Kyler Murray, I, you know, I guess it's, that's a different beast, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, you let him just run around in the backfield. Someone's got to make a play. And I, I think the last three weeks have also been a little bit sobering, like, okay. This team's still pretty far away, and maybe they're not, you know, this automatic, oh, well, you've got the Titans, Vikings, and Cardinals. You should win all three of those games. Not quite there yet because they won none of those yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, we'll, we'll talk a, a little bit about what's left to play for here with Charles McDonald of Yahoo Sports. Um, given this season has been a very bumpy ride so far, and hopefully, you know, we'll see if he believes that, you know, there's maybe smooth sailing ahead uh, to mix my metaphors. So we'll, we'll get into that. As we continue today's Lockdown Falcons. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, comedy, music, and theater near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. All-in prices mean you're not going to get hit with hidden fees. You can buy tickets up to the start of the event in seconds. And game time's guarantee means that you'll always get the best price even if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, they'll credit you 110% the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime by downloading the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So here with Charles McDonald of Yahoo Sports, and as we just touched upon on today's Locked On Falcons, you know, given where they are, it's been a very up and down season. It's been a disappointing season in a lot of ways. You know, for you, is there anything left to play for, right? Obviously, they still have a chance to win this division and make the playoffs. 
Are you looking forward to the Falcons potentially turning into the team that I think a lot of people went into the season hoping and wanting them to be, which is a legit playoff team, not just a team that wins the worst division in the history of sports? Um, or are you at a point where you just kind of want to be put out of your misery? Where are you at with, with what's left? In I mean, I'm kind of at the point where it's been so damn long since they played in a playoff game. I would kind of like to see them get there. I, and I know, like, all right, you, you get to the playoffs. Let's say you win the division and then you're playing, like, the Cowboys in the wild card round. Or, you know, even if, if the Cowboys manage to win some games and the Eagles lose tonight, you're playing against the Eagles in the wild card round. I don't I, look, That's obviously a blowout loss, like, catastrophically bad loss. But I, I it, it would be nice just to see them kind of put something together and show that they can kind of start winning these games. Because, you know, even as as frustrating as the last three games have been, I still look at the rest of their schedule and say you can win any single one of these games. Uh, you have the Saints just upcoming uh, Sunday, the Jets, Bucks, Panthers, Colts, Bears, and then Saints again to close the season. I don't see why, you know, you shouldn't, go into any of those games feeling like you know oh like we're definitely gonna lose today no i don't I don't feel that about any one of those opponents uh which also speaks to the talent level of those teams but um to me you know it, it would be different if if their schedule was loaded with like oh no you gotta play the ravens and the chiefs and the eagles and you know that that i think it would be easier to stomach uh, a losing streak to close the season but with the, the teams they have left now you need to go get some wins and push for a playoff spot because I uh, they're capable of it. I think just just based on what they have on the schedule. Now, like I said, when they get there, it will probably be a disaster. But I I think it's time for them to start putting some quality wins on the board. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. Yeah, that that tough schedule is is a twenty twenty four schedule. That's basically what they got next year because they got to play like the Chiefs and the Eagles and probably somebody else really good uh especially if they win the division so uh that will be a problem that we'll have to worry about a year from now but yeah you know i, I guess for me you know you, you we talk about desmond ritter you know is is kind of that the the number one question that's left unanswered at, at this point in time is desmond ritter not only the guy for the short term but is he the guy for the long term is that for you what maybe the the biggest lingering question you have for this team over these next seven games uh, yeah, as far as just like moving forward beyond this season, it's probably the only thing I care about, really. Because um, look, I I know people get frustrated with the lack of production from like Drake London and Kyle Pitts and even Bijan at times. But I also still feel comfortable saying that those are three really good football players that like, you can you can certainly build an offense around. And I think you know, like right before the bye week, I was talking to. Um, my friend Nate Tice and I, I, uh, another like an underrated storyline from this Falcon season is I, I think physically like Kyle Pitts is just now hitting back where he was like a rookie because um, if you're starting to see like the explosiveness as soon as he catches the ball it's off like five yards down the field and he wasn't quite able to you know get on the horse and run like that earlier in the season so you know if he's going to be back Drake's still a stud Bijan's great I, I don't really have any questions about those guys. I, I just want to know if Ritter can be the guy. And if not, then they need to go get someone. Like, they need to go get someone. I I, I know that trading draft picks would, would hurt, like, the future depth of this team. Like, the best outcome, obviously, is for Ritter to just be good enough to continue this path. Um, 
but I, I don't really know how much more time you want to you want to burn here. Like you're about to enter year four with Kyle Pitts, and he, you know statistically he still hasn't matched the heights of his rookie season. Um, I, I think that it's kind of time to start getting the the gears in motion. And um, you know I, if there's one other thing beyond Ritter, I would like you know Matt Bergeron to get a little bit more consistent towards the end of the year. I still think he's going to end up being fine, like in the long run. Um, dealing with some rookie stuff, but I, I think just like a good quality six to seven game stretch would would do a lot to alleviate like some some concerns and some plugs they have to fill in the offensive line next year. So Ritter, Bergeron, but it's like 95% Ritter in terms of what I care about. And if he sucks, like, dude, trade up to get a quarterback if, if anyone's willing to relinquish those picks. Because, dude, if you start looking out past the Caleb – and Drake May prospects, not just this year, but like next year too. You know, you're talking about people are like, well, maybe the Penn State quarterback, he's got a big arm. Maybe he could be something. The Clemson quarterback was a five star recruit. It, and Shador Sanders is out there, but he weighs like a buck seventy. There's not, there's not a whole lot of like quarterback options that are like immediately readily apparent beyond this year. So I think if Ritter's not the guy, you got to go get one, or else you could find yourself in the wasteland pretty quick. Okay. All right. I, I figured this would be your opportunity, Charles, to to plug your Carson Beck, future Falcons quarterback take for no, twenty twenty four. We we can do a little bit better than that. Like I like Beck. I think he's a good a good starter. But like as far as NFL stuff, he's like an HGH cycle away from being a bona fide first round pick. Is what I would say. <laughs> like okay. he's he's kind of slender man. He's very accurate. You know, he's willing to throw in the tight windows. But he doesn't have like the strongest arm. He's not like the most physically, you know, muscular opposing guy. If he can just get like a little little HGH little trend, I think he could be like a top five pick. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Well, speaking of top five picks, Charles, because the last time we had you on the pod was during last year's bye week. We were talking about Ritter getting promoted then. And you know, somebody dropped a little nugget about the Falcons drafting B. John Robinson at that point in time. We talked a little bit about it. So yeah. I want to kind of pick your brain, look ahead to the 2024. NFL draft, maybe we can drop another nugget. Maybe history can repeat itself, right? Lightning can strike twice with this Falcon team talking about a player that they will wind up drafting several months from now. So let's get into that to wrap up today's Lockdown Falcons. Prize Picks is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because now they have a new feature, which is their specials league, which is you can combine bets for multiple sports, multiple leagues across sports. So, for example, you can combine LeBron James and Travis Kelsey in terms of three points made and receptions. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 in just a few taps with prize picks. It's really simple to play. Just pick two or more players, pick more or less than their projected stats. And the more entries you make, the more money you can make up to 25 times your money. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of player and stat types make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. So here with Charles McDonald of Yahoo sports and uh, let's look ahead. We, we already sort of dancing around this topic of, you know, quarterback, whatever, but I, I'm just curious to pick your brain since, you know, you, you try to, Look, not only you obviously you focus mainly on the NFL, but you you know your origin story was uh, when we were McDraft what two McDraft five McDraft whatever two, McDraft two yeah yeah you know your origin story was was a draft person right I remember back in the day coming on the podcast talking about Vic Beasley and how he was going to be a superstar 
you know, those those well, days have the 2016 season. <laughs> <laughs> Remember those days of Shane Ray versus Vic Beasley versus Dante Fowler? Those, Fowler? those are some yeah. great debates, man. Those are yeah. those are the Dude, that 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 specific trio. Like once we got like four years into their careers, that specific trio made me so cynical about draft talk. <laughs> I'm like, holy sh. We wasted so much time arguing about them. Vic don't even want to play football. Shade Ray is not good enough. And Dante Fowler is just like a little journeyman pass rusher now. And we spent hours, days debating who was going to be better. Well, I look forward to whatever that debate is for this draft cycle. So, yeah. Um, speaking of that, you know, are, are there any players, some f- future Falcons that you want to, you know, throw some alley oops, you know? Potentially, as as people that intrigue you at this point in time, it's November, but you know. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, I've, uh, I've, I've started like looking at it a little bit. I think I, th- I really like the offensive tackle class. Um, I don't know, I don't know how dire a need they see like offensive tackle to be, but you know, if you're gonna continue this BPA strategy. That's you know gotten you Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson. Like that the offensive line class could really actually fit the bill this year. You've got uh Olu Fashanu from Penn State, Joe Alt from Notre Dame, JC Latham from Alabama, Amarius Mims from Georgia. You know, I, I think like in a vacuum, all of those guys would probably grade out, you know, and it's still early. Like I've been watching all 22. This is mostly just live and me watching some YouTube cutups. I, I yeah, I think most of those guys would grade out as like top 10 15 prospects uh obviously when you start factoring in the rest of the players in the talent pools probably won't end up like that but um i think all four of those guys have a chance to, to end up being impact starters pretty early on and if you want to move on from caleb mcgarry in the offseason uh then one of those guys could be a, a pretty quick replacement for you uh you know they, like we said before they still, still need an edge rusher too so you know i think the guys that you're probably looking at right now are um, Dallas Turner from Alabama, uh, Chop Robinson from Penn State, who's freak athlete, but kind of raw. And then you have a I don't know butcher his name. Let me look it up. The UCLA Lato, guy, Latu Latu. Yeah, Latu yeah, Latu. Uh, who, yeah, he, he's. I haven't watched too much of him, but I mean, the production is crazy. You know, the only reason I haven't watched too much of him is he's just it's hard to find Pac-12 games over here on the West Coast, on the East Coast sometimes. But the production's crazy and. Of the, the cut-up that I saw, I watched UCLA versus Oregon State. Um, he looked pretty good going against Oregon State's right tackle, who's a potential for his round prospect, too. So, you know, there, there's options in the trenches for them. I I, I kind of feel like edge is probably their biggest need outside of quarterback. You know, if we're going to work in a world where Ritter ends up being good enough to be the starter next year, you're probably looking at, like, edge rusher. But um, if they do need a quarterback and – you know, you find yourself in a situation where you can you can execute a trade for one. Like maybe the Cardinals finish with a second pick, but Kyler Murray can, kind of continues this track where he looks good enough to be the quarterback moving forward. You could trade up and go get Drake May or Caleb Williams. I would be totally fine blowing a couple of first round picks on either one of those guys. Um, I wouldn't say can't miss because I think you can miss on any quarterback prospect, but just as far as like what the upside is, along with like the floor for potential production immediately. I think that both of those guys are, are strong fits for any NFL team. So, you know, if you get to the end of the season and let's say you finish six and 11 and you're sitting at like the seventh pick or the sixth pick, 
do the trade, like go up there, get your guy, you know, don't need to waste any more time because, you know, even with some of the, the struggles they've had on offense and Arthur Smith battling with the media, which I'm so over, I'm so over it. But I, I still, I still find like the structure of the offense to be fine. You know, you know, as far as like where guys are coming open, uh, how the sequencing works, it's just, you know, you have someone miss a block here or there, or Arthur tries to galaxy brain it and there's a sweep to Johnny Smith, like on the goal line, or Johnny Smith's on a halfback pass because he wants to stick it to his buddy, Mike Brable, having him, Johnny Smith throw a pass to Michael Pruitt and the ultimate old Titans FU button. Uh, but, you know, from like down to down, I still think it's, it's, it's a workable enough offense that if you just are able to get a little bit more protection and get, you know, someone who can be uh, more accurate to the middle of the field and down the field, there's room for this offense to really explode, I think. So uh, it just all comes back to that. But I, I, I would say, you know, offensive tackle, edge, quarterback if Ritter flunks, and then along the defensive line, like for interior guys, uh, the class doesn't look too long, too, uh, too, uh, too strong from what I've seen, but Jazan Newton from Illinois is an absolute monster. Um, and he, he's going to be a guy that, you know, if you haven't seen too much of him now, you will definitely hear about him at the combine because he's one of those guys who's, you know, 295 to 305, but super duper explosive. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I'll be curious to get your thoughts on uh, future Falcon Nazir Stackhouse uh, in, in, in the future weeks when the Falcons. You can play cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was, my, my last question was going to be basically how, how would you feel about one of those quarterbacks in the Arthur Smith offense? Because I, I feel like there's a lot of, still a lot of lingering questions on. Arthur Smith getting the max out of his quarterbacks, developing these quarterbacks, but you you seem to feel okay that like this is not going to be a Matt Nagy Justin Fields situation. How how confident are you that the Falcons avoid that path? That like that they can develop a quarterback. Honestly, I feel I feel pretty comfortable with the idea that they could do it. Um, I mean, I I think Ritter like I think Ritter is is you know from from his first start last year to where he is now, even the first start this year, like from the Panthers game to just how he's been able to throw the ball. I, I think he's, he's, he's definitely a better player. And even like there have been stretches this year when you look at some of the advanced stats where you, you can say, oh, like he's actually moving the ball. Just stop damn fumbling and just get the ball into the end zone. You know, it, it's so frustrating because I feel like they have, they have games where they like, have multiple drives where they're just cruising down the field. You know, you're, you're hitting windows down. You're sometimes you get, a big play down the field to Drake London, Bijan pops off, and then you hit the 25 and everything just dies. So, um, yeah, I, I think there, there's already been enough tangible growth with Ritter that if I can just say, well, what if I took someone with a little bit of a higher floor than what he was working with last year? Um, you know, I, I, I still think that there's a good chance that Arthur Smith could develop a quarterback. And I, I want him to because I'm, I'm, I'm getting sick of all the jokes on Twitter. Like when I, I made it, I made a joke where I was like, uh, after the, the Bills fired Ken Dorsey, I was like, you know, as an honest Bills fan, I think that they should trade Josh Allen to a team like the Falcons who could truly, uh, you know, who, who would truly, you know, mm-hmm. take care of him and utilize the talents or whatever, cherish him. And people were like, oh, Arthur Smith would just make him a, a H-back or a tight end. I was like, dude, just look, it has to be great this year, but I still think that there's room for, for him to actually lead a good offense in Atlanta. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Well, that's, that's a positive note. We can leave it there. Um, that's all I have this year. I think next yeah. year they could maybe be good. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice. It would be nice. Right. So, um, Charles, appreciate you uh, coming on. Join me talking Falcons and uh, let the people know uh, some of the things you're working over at Yahoo. And, you know, if there are any future podcast appearances where they can catch you uh, giving your NFL takes as well as other ones. Uh, yeah, the, the Exemplus is back on the Zero Blitz podcast feed. So, like, if you were subscribed to the old version of it, it's not going to show up there anymore. You need to go to Zero Blitz podcast feed on, you know, wherever you get your uh, podcast. And it's there every Tuesday. Uh, you know, writing, uh, you know, almost every day. So we still got the four birds column coming out every Tuesday as well. Um, you know, get some game recaps and stuff. But then when I travel, doing a like pretty heavy reporting stuff there too. So little, little bit of everything. Um, and occasionally you can see me on Peacock, um, brother from another with Michael Smith and Michael Holly. So that's what I got going on. All right. Well, Charles, I hope you have a great holiday. Um, you too. Your time, safe travels, whatever. Um, yeah, we'll we'll do this again in the off season for sure. And uh, hopefully, Ritter will have entrenched himself as a starting quarterback. So you know, I can get on my uh, my draft agenda. So please just take a pass rusher. Okay. Well, you know, Brock Bowers, some wide receiver is going to be the pick. So I just already make peace with it at this point. Though, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, it's going to do it for us here on today's illustrious podcast. Thanks to Charles McDonald. Of course, tomorrow will be a uh, crossover Thursday with Locked On Saints host Ross Jackson. Continue to make us your first listen here on this uh, Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.